Welcome, friends. This is the Instant Speed Podcast retrospective, perhaps, or is it the forward spective? Is that a word? Forward spective. <laughs> yeah, forward spection. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Flake with Mark Gibson, a.k.a. Mark Theus, a.k.a. Producer extraordinaire at uh, 93 Media, uh, the big head honcho uh, of 93 Media, <laughs> known for such productions as this podcast. As, wow. Yeah, uh, the Goliath Gauntlet and a whole bunch of other things that uh, if if you're well attuned into the wild world of CCGs over the past few years, you've probably seen something that Mark has done. Um, it's good to have you here, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, the fun thing about being on the show is that I know so many of you guys and you guys don't know me. <laughs> so it's a fun moment of like, hey, uh, hi, you can finally get to see who I am. So Yeah, it's it's a nice little behind the curtain scene because a lot of people don't know. And what's fascinating is everybody thinks, and, and like I'll get DMs about people who are starting their own podcasts or starting their own content. And they're like, so how do you produce it? Like, how do you make it look so good? I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything. I, <laughs> I basically, I, uh, and Mark, you could probably tell people, how long did it take me to realize how the hell to use like a Dropbox? Oh my gosh, we were back and forth forever on that one. <laughs> it's like, it's pinned. It's yeah. pinned in the chat. Just click on the thing, slide the thing. I'm like, yes, I know. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I, I was actually, when I was upgrading my computer, Mark, I was just talking to the, the dudes at the place. Um, uh, shout out to Memory Express in the GTA because they actually were awesome people who helped me out. And uh, we're just good people. So uh, that's free advertising for them, I guess. But uh, they're they're good people. But I was talking to them and I just mentioned, I'm like, dude, I don't know when it was. It was sometime when I was like 24 or 25 where I woke up one day and somebody asked me a computer-related question and I literally felt like a caveman. Like I knew nothing. <laughs> like it, it was literally me smashing two two rocks together to make fire. And like, I had you, no you, clue. You built this new PC, right? So I did. Right. Now, I always thought that the first time you ever build your very first PC all on your own is when you really start to learn how shit works, because then the next time you're going to go upgrade. OK, I know how this fits in. I know how everything plugs in. So hopefully this was a good learning experience and you retained some of the information from your building. Adventure. Oh, big time. <laughs> so also the first PC I ever built was in 2015, and it was actually myself and uh, my buddy uh gary aka the house you've probably seen him he's like one of my oldest mm -hmm. friends uh, i adore this guy uh ult ultimately he put together my first pc in terms of he basically we talked about it we went for a few weeks and he's like here's what you have agreed you want it's all compatible i double checked it buy the parts we'll build it together so literally we bought i bought all the stuff i brought all the components to his apartment and we like we ordered pizza we built the computer and it worked I was like, I, I was there. I was helping. You know, I was I was like his his son, you know, working <laughs> on the car, you know, holding yeah. the light. And and but we got it done. And this time I was like, how hard can it be? I saw him do it. I know exactly what to do. I I budgeted like two to three hours of my Sunday afternoon to do it. And like seven hours later, it was not done. And I was panicking and I was losing sleep. I didn't eat. It was it was crazy. But I finally got it done. Um, and uh, and here we are. So yeah. Yeah, it's it, an experience, it's awesome. man. It's a journey. I mean, when I first built my very first PC, I mean, I watched a ton of videos and YouTube videos on, on how to do everything. And I kind of just followed along a YouTube tutorial as I was doing it. And that's kind of how I, I did mine. But uh, I mean, like, yeah, when you first turn it on, it's always like a hold your breath moment. And it takes some, you know, troubleshooting. I, I When you were saying your issue, I thought it was actually maybe a power source thing. Like you didn't have enough, you didn't buy a big enough power source to to power because like, those those 380s man they they take a lot oh. of juice 
Uh, yeah. I had that problem myself when I bought the 3090. I had to buy a whole new power source because it just wasn't getting enough juice. Uh, well, that's crazy. what I was worried about. Like, frankly, yeah. I, I went through the the gauntlet of it's funny because like i wouldn't I, i'm not by any means this is not me blaming house for anything but we went through everything and he's like okay well if you're going to want a new processor you're going to need a new motherboard if you yeah. want a new ram and a new video card you need a new motherboard yep. Yep. so i was like okay well let's just do it i said if we're going to do it we're going to do it and we looked through everything 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 completely forgetting that i you know had parts from a decade ago right you know that, that hard drive that hard drive yeah, yeah. <laughs> like think about it there's there there's still computers out there that have needles touching discs like it's like <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. record player yeah i mean unfortunately when you're that far out of upgrades like you literally cannot take any old because i tried the same thing where i tried to take some old ram and, and and put it onto my motherboard nope when you're that far out you just you have to get all new components because those motherboards just can't take those old things and i mean it but now you're now you're upgraded. So next time you're ready to do like the, you're all new. So now you go piece by piece, right? So next time you go, okay, the, I need some more RAM. Now you just upgrade the RAM. I need a new graphics yep. card. You just upgrade that, right? Oh, it's all and done. So yeah. So now it's like it's easy. Now instead of waiting seven more years, you could just you know little pieces <laughs> upgrade as you nope. go. <laughs> seven more. I will see you in 2029. All right. Is when I'm sure. going to look at my next uh, computer build. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just funny because like. This like my the way that I picture my computer, it's like Frank Costanza, and this everything was going well until I plugged in the HDD, and it's like, what are you, what are your mind? Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, you you reminded me of the episode where they're selling computers. Hi, you want to buy a computer? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's a good reason. Yeah, that's a good reason. Lloyd Braun <laughs> sold twelve computers today. His phone's not even plugged in. <laughs> like that's kind of yes, how it works. Exactly. All right. So we're we're here to talk about, uh, I guess, a little bit of the year in, in past, um, but more so about looking forward because that's what we want to do. Mark mm -hmm. is look forward, and um, technically, we embarked on this flesh and blood endeavor together yeah. in 2021. Uh, I think sep September was our mm -hmm. first episode of Instant Speed, yep. and that essentially you know, kind of grew into myself getting um, my first shot at casting, mm -hmm. uh, which was at the, like, right into the big leagues, kid. We went to the national championships in Orlando, yeah. which went well. And then the the podcast started to gain a little bit of traction. And a lot of that is because your work on it as well, Mark. So Sure. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's funny how the show started because, like, uh, uh and we had we we always talk about that lost episode with Tannen, which was the very first episode. But like that was all you. That was um I I mean you would come to me to make you the graphics for the the show, and I made you like kind of the basics. And then you you went off and you did that first episode with Tannen on your own channel. And that's when I came back for you and I said, Why don't I just help you with this? Because <laughs> I saw <laughs> that some of the graphics you put in, I was like, ooh, that didn't that didn't look so good. <laughs> well, but, I mean <laughs> I think a lot of it, Mark, is like it's it's kind of like if you have a kid and they want to help you like with yard work or something. And it's like, <laughs> all right, well, here's the here's the rake. Start raking leaves. Yeah. And they're just terrible at it. Like, you know, let me just like, rake. Let me just rake it. Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, it. But, I got it. You're good. Well, you did good. Congratulations. It kid. wasn't yeah. it wasn't just that. But like, you know, you and I have done so many stuff together. right? Like we did all those trivia shows for other games and we've, we've done a lot of productions already. Like, you know, we've done lands together. We've done uh, online productions. And I think at that point it was just like. 
you and I have a good synergy when working together where, you know, you're, you're, you're good on the talent side and the bringing guests in and talking and interviewing and all that. And then, you know, I, that's where I come in and make it look good and I clean it up and I make it, you know, what it looks like. And I think like together we, we made a very good team with that. So when it came to this show, it was like, I saw the potential in what you were trying to do. I just thought that that very first one I was like, well, that was, that was a bit rough. Like, why don't we work on this together? We'll, we'll put it on 93's channel and we'll try to grow it from there. And, um, you know, it was a gamble. I, 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 I wanted to cancel the show at one point and you fought me on it. And, uh, and luckily I was like, all right, wh whatever, let's just see what happens and we'll just keep doing it and look, look at where we are. So I feel like you and I are that, that, uh, you know, look at us gift from uh, hot ones, the, you know, <laughs> who knew, you know, like, cause, uh, I didn't know it was going to get as popular as it did. I think really what launched it was that first episode with James where we finally got, uh, someone who legitimized what we were trying to do and someone who was comfortable enough to, you know, the creator of the show coming on your on your podcast to be comfortable enough to talk about the game, I think was a big deal. And that's what kind of really put the show on the map. And, and then it kind of took off from there. So. Well, yeah. And, and this is something that a lot of people, you know, who are getting into the space. I wrote a whole article for Wraith Times about the pitfalls and the challenges of getting into uh, content creation. And, and one of the things is like when I was evaluating how much time I put into broadcasting before I saw a dime or any kind of, you know, I estimated it to between 1500 and 2000 hours of streaming and other types of things, uh, before it actually, before I actually got like, a, a an email or a phone call or a whatever yeah. from anything saying, Hey, would you like to try out for this? So it, it what it's, it's de definitely difficult. And uh, I saw the potential not just in the show, uh, which I, I did, but also in the game. And I think that that's a, an important aspect. But a lot of this, like you mentioned, is just the fact that there's a lot of guests that came onto the show that were completely comfortable opening up and being very candid about certain things. And mm -hmm. if there's one thing that I wanted to make sure this show was about was that it's not about me. And obviously, you know this, I have a big personality and I like to talk, but I wanted to make sure that the show was about the person and the topic that is coming onto the show, that we could dig into that. Because people have stories to tell, people have opinions and standpoints, uh, or they have, you know, and, and they not maybe not always have a platform, but I want it to be a place where people can go and really pump the tires on their own pro projects yeah. and whatnot. And, um, a big up to like big ups to people like James White, like you mentioned, who not just uh, James was a, was somebody who surprisingly to me, Mark, was somebody who was listening to the show already. Yeah, and, and we found out yeah. the whole office listens to it, which was really shocking. But I think we yeah, were that, at the time we were it was us and Arsenal Pass, and I think maybe one other show. So there wasn't really a lot. So they probably just listened to anything that was or whatever content was there. Yeah, yeah. the the space wasn't necessarily as populated as it is right now. However, you know, back in twenty twenty one when we were amidst a, a handful of podcasts. Now there's you know dozens of them, but uh, we were out there and people appreciated. And like you said, when James came on, the one thing that I really, really appreciated in terms of feedback was a lot of people were saying, "Hey, this is an action. This is a this is not an ass kissing interview. This is not mm. a oh my god, I love you kind of interview. This is actually asking." hard questions and asking important questions that the community wants to know about and you're not you know pussyfooting around them yeah. in order to you're not here to make friends you're here to get to get answers and to get whatever and uh, a lot of that credit goes to these guests who were asked difficult questions who came up with honest answers and i think that's what also uh, you know endeared 
James to people was that his willingness to go on these shows, to be asked the, the tough questions and to, and to admit the shortcomings or the, the missteps that he or LSS had made up until that point. Cause it's a, it's a learning curve for everyone. So mm-hmm. that was a, a big deal for us. Yeah. We also prepared for the episode for a while. Like we knew it was coming. So we, we had been preparing for it. We had, uh, you know, pre we we sent him. I believe we had sent him questions ahead of time or what we were going to yeah. talk about to make sure we weren't going to like hit any sore spots. But like the refreshing thing about that is he was very open. Um, I think with most of our guests, we tell them like, here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what we want to say. Yeah. And and most people are very cool with it. And um, what set us apart? I think the reason why he. I, I don't know if James has been has he been on the other shows? I think he may have. I'm not. 100% yeah, sure. James, James has been uh, on uh, a few other podcasts. Yeah, right. So I think what drew him to this one and why he said yes was um, I, like at the very beginning, there was Arsenal Pass who was very focused on the I don't want to say esports because that's not really what tabletop is, but more focused on, on the on the competitive side of the game. You know, it's, uh, you know, with Hayden and and, uh, and Brendan and they talk way more about like deck teching and things like that. And like, that's what makes that show like so good. Um, and then I think for us, we wanted to be more like, well, we don't want to, we don't want to copy them because we, you know, I don't want to be anyone's competition. There's no, the, the space isn't big enough for that. So like, that's why I like that we focused more on the person aspect and let's get to know people a little bit more. Let's bring on like Tarek or Matt Rogers or somebody like that. And, and just like get to know who they are as a person, how they got into the game and all my, my favorite parts of most of these episodes have been the origin story, uh, as you called it, because it's so interesting to hear what games they came from and how they discovered Flesh and Blood. And that's always the most fascinating part. So I think like that's really what kind of attracted James to say yes. And and then we had him on again and then we did the Q&A and then like, you know, we, we've had him to like, hey, well, we'll make your show like the state of the game situation. So it's been kind of like really cool to to be that uh, show for the community um and yeah i think that's like if anyone out there listening who wants to start a flesh and blood podcast you got to find your unique angle i think that's the that's the best way to do it yeah uh, and again like when you mentioned like the competition and whatnot like when it came down to arsenal pass and us it what's interesting is like i've had multiple discussions with brendan and hayden and uh we are all great friends and i the one thing that i sincerely sincerely appreciate about this community and and you can probably echo this is that we have been in the other community spaces mm-hmm. where other content creators or other entities that make content don't want to collaborate don't want to support yeah. don't want to have anything to do with people who are in their territory as it were it's not the case here um we're not in competition with anybody you know, or, you know, we are and we aren't in that degree, but we don't feel like that's the case. It's not like, you know, uh, you know, uh, fresh and buds or flesh and pod or arsenal pass or any, like, we're not out there being like, Oh, screw those guys. We need to steal their listens. If, if a person listens to them, they could still listen to us. And they do like, they, yeah. we, you know, they listen to all of us. We don't see it that way. And having the discussion with Brendan and Hayden, where basically they said, they're like, Hey, you know, we used they used to have a, a thing called um, time in the round or something where they would interview community members and they're like yeah we don't really do that anymore because you just do it better and I'm like dude I don't talk about meta or or deck techs or anything because you do it better and we did yeah we used to do deck techs we right. used to do that kind of stuff but we don't do it anymore because we just don't do it we don't like it's better for the community to listen to the people who are better equipped to provide those kinds of that kind of dialogue. For yeah. for us, we're we're just happy about it. But like all overall, <laughs> like I'm, you know, 
like mentioned, you mentioned, like we give people the questions in advance and stuff like that. We do that for people that we're not necessarily 100% familiar with or who have never been on the show. But when I have Tommy on or I have Matt Rogers on or DM Armada, especially like when I have people who have been on the show multiple times, it, it like I'm like, dude, this is the main topic we're going to talk about. And then we're going to vamp. Yeah, and well, those are those amazing. are regulars. So those are like, you know, the, your regular rotation of people. So those aren't, you know, the, I, I mean, more like uh, we do that for guests that are like, yeah, a one off or like a big name. That's like, you know, like people like uh, professor, people like that, right, who are like a big name you're going to bring in that that aren't part of your normal rotation like tommy or Tarek or matt or people like that but uh but yeah uh it's uh it, what you said about like the competing thing it's like that's the one thing that's interesting about doing content creation for flesh and blood that stands out from the others because uh one of your favorite sayings you used to tell people is that oh uh oh mark he probably produced a show that you you didn't even know who he was but he probably produced a show you watched and i always laughed at that but it's like i looked back at my uh, resume over the last few years like i have worked on like every game <laughs> yeah i've done something for pretty much every card game and the one thing that stood out with flesh and blood and why i love doing shows for flesh and blood and why i enjoy the people in this community the most is because it doesn't feel like i'm competing for your views it doesn't feel like i have to create something to be better than somebody else um it just feels like we're all working together it's like uh you know, I, I'm not stealing views from Tommy. We're, we're just, we're, we're, why can't we enjoy each other's content and like work together on stuff as well? Like that is something that is a little bit unique, I think, with Flesh and Blood. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist in other card games, but it definitely is something that is more present uh, that I've found anyway with Flesh and Blood because I have yet to run into any content creators in Flesh and Blood that were very like competitive or refusing to do anything with us or, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure there they're has out there, been one. but... <laughs> There has there, been I, one, not that I was aware of. Yeah, well, it's like I not I don't want to say I don't care. Like I don't I don't care, but like there has been one person who has uh declined to come on the show because they uh they're like, "Oh, I have exclusivity." Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I remember all that. No, we don't well, need that, to mention whatever. That yeah, that's uh It was just to me it was hilarious <laughs> because I was like, "Okay." And yeah, then whatever. <laughs> this uh, this person hasn't really done much since eh, then what are you gonna and do I'm like, i mean there's eh, always what, people like that right but like oh, yeah it, i'm not gonna hold grudges we just move yeah. on yeah but when we've done other stuff like i won't name specific shows or anything like that but like when we've done uh content in magic or when we've done content in gwent or uh hearthstone or whatever there's always been that feeling of well i have to do better than my competition i have to uh, take their idea and do it better so people will watch my version or do more techie stuff, especially in Magic. Like, if you're not doing deck techs, if you're not doing deck lists, you're not doing gameplay, I mean, you know, you're you're one of the few that are ever going to get watched. Like, I, I know, like, uh, I watched uh, a lore video the other day and somebody, the person who was, I don't want to name names, but the person who was making the lore video was like, you know, I can't, can't do this anymore because every time I do these lore videos, they're the most fun to make, but nobody wants to watch it. And like that kind of stuff is really soul sucking because you're literally taking the most fun content for someone to make and just, nope, doesn't matter. And yeah. that's something that I don't get the sense of here because we've done, we've tried a bunch of different things and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But like we've tried trivia that worked out pretty well. We've done this show, we've done salty logs, we've done the stack. Like we tried different formats, we tried different ideas and they've all kind of been well received and supported. And that's uh, something that's, uh, I'm going to just say bizarre because <laughs> that's not really an experience I've had with other communities. So it's a unique thing. Let's uh, let's go down the list of just so people when I like and I mean it when I say like, hey, there's a there's a good chance that you've watched or consumed content that Mark's <laughs> been involved in. Um, I'm going to run down the list of, of games and you just say yes sure. or no that you've, you've done content right. for this. All right. Uh, all right. So obviously Flesh and Blood. Yep. 
Uh, Gwent. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mythgard. Yep. Magic. Yep. Uh, what did I say? Um, geez. Uh, uh, cards, the World War II card game. Oh, big time. Yep. <laughs> uh, Hearthstone? Yes. Yes. Very early on. Uh, yes. Um, what am I missing? Am I missing some? Uh, I, I think Runeterra uh, might be the net, the big one that you've never, No, you've done. No, we've done Runeterra. Runeterra. We've done the stack Runeterra, and we also did some. We did a uh, we did a mini competition for Runeterra. It was a charity thing. All right, uh, Marvel uh, Snap. Uh, we have done Marvel Snap. Yeah, we've done some deck guides. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. I, am I missing some? <laughs> I must be missing some. I think the only thing that I haven't really touched was like I think I tried to get into Eternal, but we didn't quite. We we talked about some stuff, but didn't get into it, and then like. I think that's really like the only one I can't like the other ones are like very small games. So I can't think of any other like major or like semi-major uh, card games. I mean, we're going to be getting into a bunch that I can't talk about yet for next year, but like there's a lot coming, coming down the line. But yeah, I mean, when you mentioned cards, like we produce like, you know, 93 produces all cards like esports basically. And then we did the same for Mythgard. We basically produced all of Mythgard's esports before they uh, went into maintenance mode and all that. And you and I did yeah. the podcast for that. Remember the Boneyard? We did the Boneyard yeah. podcast, yeah, which we, I I loved. I loved the Boneyard yeah, podcast. Uh, that was a great podcast, and we had a lot of the we had Fu on a lot, who was the the designer of the show. He was really great, and um, you know, that's something that I enjoy the most is when we do these shows and we bring in the the actual people that make the game because that's like those are the best episodes to learn to pick their brain and learn how how'd you come up with this crazy thing, and like you know, just listening to their how their mind works is just fascinating. It's it's awesome. Uh, before we move on to what's coming in mm. 2023, I just want to dig in a little bit about the mild phenomenon or the the this the fact that I, I tweeted out a couple days ago or about a week ago, and because I was again, it's December, I get all the preview channels for or, or like free previews for channels that I'll never get, but some <laughs> of them are like old sitcoms, yeah, and. So I, I get to watch Cheers like a million times Heck a day yeah. now. Um, and I, I like hearing the theme song for Cheers for me is it's like it's the perfect, perfect, perfect theme song for that show. It is. It is. It, it's iconic. The the words and the lyrics and the meaning and the, the whole feel of it is beautiful. And our theme song for ISP is people are like I've gotten so many messages saying what is that song what is that song what is that song and yeah. when you hear it people always mention it that it's like as soon as i hear that i know what i'm getting they've just they've made that link and the song for those who don't know the theme song for isp is a song called motionless and the artist is named stepper Rhodes. now that's not that's a stage name this person is a friend of a friend my old bar manager or service manager from the restaurant i used to work at he was a drummer who then worked with stepper Rhodes for that song he was the drummer for that song and i loved 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 that song so i reached out to this person stepper Rhodes, just messaged him like hey you don't know me i'm a big fan of your of this music i'm friends with so and so and so and so i am starting a podcast i need a theme song for it I'm asking for your permission and for the rights to use this on the show uh, moving forward. I just need you to, in in writing, say that you're allowing me to use this for this purpose. Yeah. And he's like, absolutely, <laughs> like no problem and whatever and this and that, thinking that it would have been a throwaway. And then I send him every now and then I send him like screenshots or clips or whatever uh, or messages that I get. And then the views from some of our bigger episodes. And mm -hmm. I say like, dude, 
everybody knows your music now. Yeah. Like everybody knows the song. And he's like, holy shit, like that's pretty <laughs> cool. And what's fascinating is that uh, I'm not saying that we inspired him to do new music, but he's like, dude, he's like, I'm, I'm starting to write new music now. He's wow. Because like, I asked him if he can be on the show to talk about it. And he's like, you know what? Let's do it in a while because I'm going to I'm going to do some new music and maybe I can come onto your show and talk about it. I said, hell yes. Maybe so, he can write us a new theme song. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. I, I don't I, I mean, like, yeah, but are, like, are you going to change the theme song <laughs> for this to, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I look the, the we've also linked to the music video, I think, a couple of times where people have asked. Yeah. <clears throat> I actually didn't like the song when you first sent it to me. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> All right, we'll use it, whatever. But it did grow on me. The more I heard it, the more it grew on me. And it is a good song. It's uh, And it did become kind of like the... I mean, you don't actually end up ever hearing the chorus, I think, in, in any of the Flesh and Blood uh, or any of the uh, Instant Speed parts. But um, it's really just that opening line, I think, is what got you about the shuffling my cards. Uh, why is everybody Wait, shuffling my cards? That was the so hook was, for me. Yeah. And so that was the line that we wanted to kind of like accentuate as like this is the this is the line and the reason why this is the theme song. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting because people recognize the song, but they recognize the opening. I, I remember uh, Blevins one time talking uh, talking about that being like, uh, oh, you know, you just know instant speed. You hear that opening riff and that's like instant speed now. So it's really funny that the, the association and it's cool that he's uh, the, the guy that wrote it's uh, so on board with it because it's uh you know, it it's a good song. It'd be cool to have him write like a theme for something else we do. That'd be cool. I think that would be really, really rad. I'm going to yeah. talk to him uh, recently. Actually, I messaged him uh, again uh, last month and I just said, hey, just, you know, I, um, uh, I want to just double check if you're cool, maybe in the in Q1 of, of whatever of 2023 or whatever, if you want to come on the show and, and whatnot. And he's like, absolutely. He's like, hey, you're into cards, right? I said, yeah, you're damn right. And apparently he was actually developing a card game for the wow. past few years. Oh, yeah, wow. You know, it was just so I was like, we could talk about this. That would be a yeah. great episode. Talk about your card game and everything. I think that's a really good idea. But uh, for all those who want to go check it out, um, I can honestly say I don't know where you can get the physical music like a CD or anything. I don't think it's on Spotify, but it is on YouTube. And yeah, which means um, you, which means you can get it on your if you have YouTube music, it it'll be there because if you just like we'll link we can link the music video again on this, but uh, yeah. you can listen to it on your YouTube music. So put it on your repertoire. There you go. So the song is called Motionless and the artist is Stepper Rhodes. Uh Rhodes R H O D E S. Like okay. the microphone. That's I guess. I yeah, that's like road like is the that microphone. What it is? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This thing. <laughs> All right. Again, like I told you, uh, I woke up and, went and turned 24 and forgot everything technological. Right, That's okay. where we're at. <laughs> okay. So, friends, 2022 was exceptional. Uh, you, you guys all saw the Speedy Awards uh, a few days ago or last week or whatnot. And uh, just in retrospect, uh, you know, looking at the year that was, it was super successful. We love you all for your support. Mark and I obviously are, are just so thrilled with how this has been going. And 2023 is going to be a, a bigger deal, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're going to be continuing this show, of course, uh, into a third season. Um, and then we'll do we'll be doing more stack, I assume. <laughs> we haven't done that show in a little while. But uh, uh, we want to do probably more salty logs. Those are a little bit more infrequent, though, because it all depends on, like, what kind of logs we get uh, or what what people submit. And some, some of them are good. Some of them are, eh, we got we to look at it in, like, how does this act out? Can we act this out correctly? You know? And, yeah. 
the tough part about salty logs is just getting the submissions. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, no offense, I, I, I honestly, I appreciate all the submissions, but some of them are just, they're not that, like, it's just somebody, you know, uh, playing a, a, a crippling crush and then somebody disconnects. Like, it's, yeah. I get it. They're salty. They rage quit. It's not, it's not dramatic. It's just them being. Yeah, we're looking for losers. someone to be over, we're looking for people being overly dramatic about their situation. That's really like what's going to yeah. like hit it. Like someone who's just like, they've literally been sitting here all day and they've just hit their end of the rope and they just like lose their mind on the next person they play that has done nothing wrong. <laughs> that's really what, what we look Precisely. for. Precisely. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what we want. Yeah. And, um, so we're going to be doing those. I think the goal is one a month and to really ham it up and hopefully have a good, you know, repertoire of good uh, salty logs and stuff like that. So that's on the horizon. But I think uh, there's there's plenty more that we're, we're, we're already kind of kicking tires and getting things uh, put together for uh, Goliath Gauntlet 2. Which yeah. Is yeah, it's going to be huge. a bit. It's going to be a busy, uh, busy year, not just not just for flesh and blood, but just, I mean, like in general, like a lot of stuff being worked on, but in flesh and blood specifically, yeah, we're working on the second Goliath Gauntlet. That's going to be coming to you. Uh, I believe in end of January, uh, going into February and, um, you know, uh, hopefully expanding on that and, and hoping, a th I'm hoping a third one, but we'll see how number two goes. So make sure you watch. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's some other shows we've talked about too, like, uh, maybe trying some, like, uh, what was it called? A uh, pit, pit fire pit what was it what's the uh what's the group thing what's the group thing called again uh the, the pit fight oh the ultimate pit fight oh pit fight yeah well, i was yeah. thinking like spitfire for some reason i don't know why i was going down you could road. call it well, you've uh, been playing too much cards yeah man. i too guess much so. world war ii cards yeah yep, that's it <laughs> uh um, ultimate pit fight show yeah yeah we've, yeah we've we've yet to sort of announce or talk about it but that is something that's in the works it's going to be myself dm armada and red zone rogue with a rotating guest playing a, basically a four-way pit fight yeah um with hilarity to ensue yeah so you know that's we, we, the we saw so many of these uh in magic with these edh shows and and, and there's a couple i've we've tried to get off the ground ourselves and it's like you know it's a really crowded space because that seems to be the only format people want to play anymore in magic or at least uh, for the content side like that's a good one to consume but like uh, instead of trying to compete with that like well why don't we just do a flesh and blood let's you know let's do it that way so i think that would be really fun and uh I'd, i would also really like to uh bring back the trivia uh maybe flesh and blood trivia or so you think you know flesh and blood so we had another show for a while called so you think you know the witcher which did really well we had we even had doug cockle on who's the voice of uh uh who's the voice of uh Geralt. Um, so that show was really fun, but like a lot of those things kind of like tapered off or they ended or, you know, they were one-off kind of deals. And like, it, it, it's fun to take those concepts and see if you can apply it to all the different types of games. And I think what you and I have found a lot from doing different games is a lot of the concepts we've tried do kind of fit into every, every game. And that's what kind of makes them really fun. Like trivia shows and, and things like that do kind of fit into everything. So yeah, it's, um, it's a good community, at least from the flesh and blood side, but like also just having you having ideas um you know that just are they're fun they're engaging in like you know in small clips obviously isp is kind of like the flagship of our flesh and blood content uh, you know it's long form it's good mm -hmm. it's good discussion but you know every now and then just drop in a, a nice 10 to 15 minute video of just fun stuff is is also <laughs> good that's yeah. what that's what the stack is you know and yep. you know having having good uh good guests and good dialogue on that it's it's a lot of fun so uh, I, I honestly believe that 2023 is just going to be a, a pretty a pretty solid year. So I yeah, mean, yeah, just for sure. just from a flesh and blood con like 
perspective what what are what's everything that we're working on uh for 2023 so far like we don't even we're not even there yet and who knows like yeah so i mean you're gonna get this show this is guaranteed like isp is obviously gonna continue into it so at least you get that so if anything else you know that instant speed will always be <laughs> will always be there next year yeah you'll get some instant speed uh monthly salty logs hopefully as long yeah, as they're hopefully. as long as they're flowing in yep um, you know, hopefully, uh, we're going to get the stack rolling again. Yeah. Once, uh, once sort of probably bi-weekly, I think going forward, cause yeah. it was getting a little tough to, uh, do that show weekly and come up with questions, uh, that were different because like, there isn't always heavy news. There isn't always like heavy topics to talk about. So that one will probably be a little bit more infrequent. Uh, cause if, if you watch any of the other stacks we did with like, uh, we did one with Runeterra, we did one with snap. Um, those were also infrequent because it was like, or yeah, we also did one with magic. I am forgetting that one with Amy um yeah they need to be infrequent otherwise they're <laughs> you know it's a little too much but and the last one yeah like again then the bigger picture stuff like goliath gauntlet um yeah goliath and, gauntlet's gonna be huge yeah that's kind of um that's kind of like the focus i think uh moving in well for for 93 specifically like the the focus moving into next year is more on tournaments and invitationals and things like that because that's that's really what 93 was created to do was to run uh tournaments and, and invitationals and put on these cool productions like we did for goliath Conlon. and that was a really good example of um uh kind of the whole reason why 93 is a thing <laughs> was to put on an event like goliath Conlon. so um doing more of those i think is a is a is a focus moving forward and and also uh i also wanted to just say briefly because i've seen this comment a lot whenever we post like magic or something like that that isn't flesh and blood like look don't don't lie to yourself i know that you don't just play flesh and blood <laughs> i know that you like other things and that's okay it's okay to like other things and like if you don't like the other thing that we did that isn't flesh and blood that's okay too you don't have to tell us like you know you're not, this isn't an airport you don't have to announce that you're leaving you could just be like oh i didn't want i don't want to watch that you know how many channels there are where i don't like every single video they post but like you know uh like hot ones is one of my favorite shows on youtube and that's the only show i watch on first we feast so I'm just saying, like, it's okay to just pick and choose. <laughs> but hold on a second. So you're saying you don't go to other shows and tell them that you do not like them? I I, I haven't yet done that. I I don't know no. what compels people to do that. But it's uh, <laughs> either way. Whenever whenever there's like a negative comment, my favorite thing to be is it's like, hey, thanks for adding to our view count. Like, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, exactly. Much oh, there's, appreciated. There's also uh, I will address an elephant in the room for anyone that has watched the um has watched the Dungeons and Dragons campaign that Merchant did uh, the the uh, his group uh guild gates and goblins there's a final episode that has never come out that has been lingering and i all those people that who who watch this show that i've also enjoyed that content i just want to let you know that don't expect it in 2023 either because what ended up happening is everyone kind of like their life got really crazy and it was really hard to get them all together for that last episode so i don't know if it's something that's ever going to actually happen i think it's just a campaign that's just going to end on a lingering note but if I can get them all together for the final episode, I would love to do that. And so, you know, we'll cross our fingers. But but like because everyone keeps commenting, when's the last episode? When's the last episode? I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to be a thing. 2023 is like it's like it's so 2023 is like 10 days away it right? Is. from the point of that we're recording this, which <laughs> yes. is we're recording this on the 21st of December. By the time yeah. this is published, it's probably tomorrow. Who the yeah. hell knows? I, I don't know that that said, you got a whole 12 months, 365 days to figure this out yeah. to get a few people together it's a lot harder than you think to get that 
they're all very busy, right? Like they're all, they're all like, uh, I, I mean, especially like, uh, Lavinia's like got a whole new job. Like she works like for magic arena now or something. And like all this kind of like stuff. So like, it was really hard to just get them like back together and cause she's traveling so much and then merchants moving and it's a whole thing, man. Like it just, uh, it turned into a whole thing. So, uh, I just wanted to address that it, finally, um, uh, publicly, if anyone listens to this also listen, watch that. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> we'll see how yeah. 2023 goes. All right. Well, 2023 is going to be, you know, big. We still need to figure out a name for the uh, the UPF show that's going to be coming around the bend here. Um, but yeah, uh, now's also a good time. Is if anybody's got, you know, suggestions for guests they want to see or people to yeah. play on the UPF show. I, I really want to do like a Friday night pit fight kind of deal where we, you know, put it out on Friday nights and and kind. Of, I kind of really like this premiere format because uh, we did it with with Goliath Gauntlet. I think it worked out really well. Where we're kind of premiering the video at like a prime time. So it's like it's live, but it's not really live. You know, it's like we get yeah. to watch it together live and comment live. But it's not like it's not like we're trying to put on a live show like that way. And I think actually that format works very well. So I would love to do something like that with Pit Fight or maybe represent it that way uh, and see how it goes. But um, yeah, Friday Night Pit Fight is kind of like where I was going with that. But uh, yeah, definitely let us know who you want to see on that. Um, it would be great to get some big hitters in there like maybe Pablo like people like oh we'll get we're gonna get all the all the big names we're gonna get everybody to to show up and really uh swing uh swing big at uh at this this new concept here and and i have to also give a lot of love to people like dm armada and red zone rogue who are just like they're like hell yeah like let's let's do this like they're they're big fans of your work uh mark and they Mm -hmm. just that that and again we talked about this earlier what's so great about this this uh this whole community is that a lot of people are like well i can't I'm not going to be on your show because if I'm on your show, then I'm not on my own channel or my own stuff that that doesn't exist here. And like, I tell this to people all the time, um, you know, like I'll go on any show, you know, like yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go. You ask me, I will be there. There's very few people out there that I would, uh, that I would not want to collaborate with because I, you know, again, you know me, I don't waste bad, like, like mental bandwidth on things I, I don't like or don't appreciate. But at the same time, I'm not going to go out of my way to to collaborate or whatever. But that's like a point zero 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 one percent of people out there, and everybody else. Yeah. Like you ask me, I'm there. I don't think I can count. Like I think in my life, I've ever declined one podcast guest guest spot ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. Well, and that's it. I think collaborating is very important, and not just it doesn't matter what space you're in or what what content you're creating. It doesn't in gaming or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I think that that's something that a lot of uh, content creators. And especially newer ones are, are kind of missing out on and when they want oh why don't i grow why doesn't my channel grow that that's you're not collaborating you're not like when you collaborate you're at, you're now interacting with uh new audiences that, that didn't know you existed you're collaborating with people that may want to do it again uh and and so like not everyone's gonna say yes to you like not everyone says yes to us either you just have to the put big, yourself out there uh, well that's true um i will say this though it has become a lot easier to get people on the show. Um, obviously, you know, once you kind of establish yourself and and show people that you're not out there to just get them, yeah. um, taking yeah, the easier. longer road. Yeah. And, and like, I know that out there, if I, like, this is some free advice for everybody who wants to get into the content creation space is that you might, you might get the views in the short term if you're controversial and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, adversarial and, and just kind of trying to tear people down. Like people want to people, again, it's the reason why, you know, talk shows and like, uh, Jerry Springer are so popular is because people like the conflict. They like the, right. the friction. 
and yeah, you want to make a channel and and call people out and you know do some you know mean things. Sure, no problem. You'll get the views in the short term, but you're not doing yourself any favors. And like right. I've seen it in this space. I've seen that kind of thing, uh, and it's it's uh, it's an ugly look. But for it those is. who who want long term success, it's a slower grind. Um, you know, like you and I have been working on on content for six or you know five or six years together, and nobody knew who we were until like you know like this year kind of <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah to a degree so well i think we were it, we were known in other spaces but like is uh, sure yeah sure I, it, it's funny because uh i used to stream and and stuff so like uh with i miss your so, streams too yeah <laughs> well once the music stuff kind of went away it was like it wasn't as fun for me anymore but also like when i started doing this and i started 93 like i just it took away too much time so i was like i want to focus on this instead and I was, I've always been a behind the scenes guy. I went, I went to film school. I wanted to always be behind the scenes and I had worked in TV for a long time doing behind the scenes. So like, that's kind of where I thrive and that's where I have the most fun. So I wanted to step away from being in front of the camera, but it really was funny when I went to first pro tour and like, I saw red zone Rogue, for example, and I was like, Oh, Hey, hey how you doing? And like I greeted him like, you know, he's a friend and he was looking at me like, who, who are you? <laughs> it's like, it took him a second until, and then I told him, he's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Right. But it was like, I realized like, that new that pro tour in New Jersey was so funny because so many people, like I said, that I knew and I and I went up to and said hello, who just absolutely had no idea who the hell I was, either because they had never seen my face or they've only heard my voice or they've only heard my name. And it was really funny that it was a weird feeling, like <laughs> like knowing all these people who have no idea who you are. It was a really bizarre thing. But um, that that has kind of subsided now as we've kind of like uh, as I've kind of uh, talked to more people here and there. But uh, that's why it's nice to finally be on a guest on the show that I, I helped produce to <laughs> to uh, to kind of, you know, break that veil. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not something you you don't experience because you're always in front of the camera and you're always. Uh, uh, yeah, people people will recognize me and know things and, and whatnot. And but it wasn't always that way, but we appreciate it. And then that's what matters. It's without. Yeah. Well, you get the other listen. side of it. You get people to say, oh, how'd you do that thing? Or how'd you do that grab? Or how'd you add that video? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't do that. I just, I exactly. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Know. Two parts water. Uh, you know, like I don't know. Like I'm yeah, not. That's yeah. not me. That's that's Mark. That right there. That's the guy. So Hi. just yeah. Yeah. He's he's the one. So and it's not like, even Damn. it's not even me all by myself. Like uh, we you have a whole team of people that work. You know, we have other editors. We have other producers. We have other. You know, I have a whole. We have a whole staff. Ninety three is a whole thing. So that's another thing that that sometimes gets real frustrating is that people think it's just like. Uh, it's just you or it's just me or whatever oh there's a whole team of people that work on all these things and all these shows like this is just like the the ninth through youtube channel is such a small part of like everything else like we produce so many uh tournaments uh for all these different games and and um you know they're either officially or non-officially or, or sponsored or whatever like there's so many things we got going on and uh this is this space doing this kind of stuff with flesh and blood has been a nice like little like uh, I don't want to say side project because that's not that's not the way to say it. But like, this is like you're passionate about flesh and blood. This is your like full time thing, and it's been nice to like help you with that. To be like, oh yeah, okay, so I got all this other stuff going on with the you know ninety three, but then I get to do this on the side. It's like a you know oh edit a podcast here or there. You know that's a nice like little side side thing. Up. Oh. So I'll plug and play, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I say that because for me, I don't have to do anything. I plug the the raw video file into a Dropbox, and then two days later, it's magically produced and it and it looks great. So that's yeah. that's a not that's honestly a not me for thing. me though. You do the hard part, in my opinion, because the the part that I do is easy for me. But to me, the hard part is the interview. I, I'm not a good interviewer. 
I'm not good at booking guests. I'm not good at, you know, that kind of thing. So for me, that's the hard part. So that's how we compliment. That's how we compliment each other with this kind yeah. of thing. Hardest part is just working with Tannen. What a <laughs> doofus. What a guy. Jeez. What a guy, Tannen. <laughs> All right. No, we love him. We love him to death. But he is, he is, um, he is like, how do I, how do I, uh, how do I describe this? Tannen is like, is like having two monkeys, but only one banana. Like that's kind of <laughs> what it is. It's just this giant chaotic kind yes. of like who's in charge, what's going on. Yeah. But it's, at the end of the day, he's, he's, he gets it done. So. I Tannen, I like Tannen very much. And in person, Tannen was very much like that. Where it was like a lot of like Tannen, hello. Hey, 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 Lila, look here, look here. <laughs> Cause he's just all yep. over the map. But uh, that's what you, that's what you got to love about him is he's very passionate, very, very passionate. And that's, yeah. that's what makes, you could see that in the way he, he like, he gets very, like either upset or happy or whatever, like, cause he's so passionate about it. And that, yeah. that's why I will say uh, every time I've ever called on him for a favor or to do something, he was the first guest on instant speed. He didn't have he to do that. He didn't, he didn't know who the hell I was. So I will always uh, hold that dear to my heart is the fact that when I was trying to break out into the space and I started that podcast, I started instant speed and I was like, I need a good guest to start it off. Let's get like the lead caster from what's going on. And let's mm -hmm. just, see where it goes because if it was just me talking to you know joe blow saxomo uh who whatever nobody would listen but the fact that you get somebody with at least some some you know some clout some interest from the community and that then was the first domino that led to having people like james white or the professor right or you know matt rogers etc et so yeah, the professor so it, was a long time coming too because we tried to get him really early on, and he didn't say no, but it was like a, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm busy until this time, and then when that time came around, oh, I can't until this time. And yeah, like, it, I don't know if he, I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or not, but it was like definitely like a, we're gonna get him eventually. We're, we're gonna get him on the show yeah, eventually, and finally he, at the end of the year we did. Well, he he agreed to to be on the show like like way back when, and um, which was again great. But the approach that like you take to this thing is like whenever you're Whenever you got time, like you don't want to, you know, jam it down their throats and kind of corner them and paint them into the corner of the room and be like, well, what about this time? Or what about yeah, this time? Right. You know, you don't, you don't want to like, it's one of those things where it's like, take a hint. If yeah. they're, if they're, if they're creating excuses, then they don't want to do it kind of thing. But mm -hmm. like he was all for it, which was great. And ultimately, uh, it just so happened. And at the end of it, he was supposed to be on, I think sometime in, I think it was like September or October. Uh, and he we basically agreed that's like hey you're gonna be at worlds you're gonna have some announcements to make let's just wait till after that and let's close out the year strong and uh again a lot of this has to do with just good people wanting to support good things and if you're out there and wondering it's like how do i i always get these questions uh from other podcasters who ask me how do you get these guests on what is your approach and my approach legitimately is i just i message them and I, I, yeah. I message them. I say, if you're interested, here's an example of an episode. I would give you the questions in advance. Whatever works, I, I would, I just need approximately sixty to seventy-five minutes of your time on whatever day works for you. We'll, we'll make it happen. And then that's it. And if they don't get back to you, they don't get back to you, and it is what it is. Um, I'm lucky enough to say that everybody I've asked has essentially said yes and yeah. i'm so thankful for that but it's also it's also uh it, and it doesn't seem like it matters but i'm i i assure you it does as a production value side i i highly doubt that people like james or or the professor would have said yes had the show itself looked not great or been presented in a way that like didn't feel 
it like just felt cheap, right? Because they don't want they're also putting their name on it and they don't want to be associated yeah. with something that seems like like if we if we had that kind of show that you talked about where we all we talk about is drama or uh it was like really bad video quality or you know just there was no like effort put into it at all and all we talked about is drama or whatever like no they would definitely not want to probably be on the show uh because you don't want to associate yourself with something like that so like if you're if you're looking to start a podcast or even any of the podcasts already out there that are looking to improve next year like i implore you to look at shows like this or shows like arsenal pass and and take notes on how they present it and how um how they edit the show how how their cameras look how their microphones sound how all that kind of stuff and there's plenty of resources out there that you could like go to to learn like how do i optimize my audio how do i uh you know uh what's the good editing software to use for video and i encourage you to learn and to and to you know uh or, or get yourself an editor who if you can afford it get yourself an editor that can help you with those things because it seems like not a big deal but it does go a long way and that's the reason why this show is where it's at because we took the our expertise and our experience and our background and we put it together and that's how we made the show look the way it does. And that's how we got people like, you know, James to say, yeah, sure, I'll be on your show. That's how we got the whole LSS office to listen and watch the show, you know. I, I will say this, though. No amount of money can buy you equipment that will replace either a bad premise or not being prepared. Uh, yeah. If there's one thing I can honestly say, and the other thing about it, and and this is all, this is, you know, most of this is is from you, is just being open to, to constructive criticism oh, absolutely. And, and improving. Trust me, nobody is harder on me than Mark when it comes to... Um, <laughs> well, we know each other well enough that I'm not afraid to tell you if something yeah, no. sucked or, hey, you got to change this or whatever. Because like, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you're, I think you're a great interviewer, but there was definitely, at the beginning, it was a little bit rough. And we, we talked about how we wanted to, to focus on the guests. And so I wasn't afraid to tell you, stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Flake, stop talking so much on the show. It's, it, let the guests speak. <laughs> And, well that's that's and you know you don't get mad about that then that's important like you have to take that criticism and then you know apply it and as you saw it got you know the interviews got better and the and the listening got better and you know so it well, improved for the professor uh interview actually there was a nice comment i got from somebody who said hey i really appreciate you giving the professor all this time to properly flesh out their their comments but like yeah. that wasn't always the case the first 10 episodes of this i did yeah i like in my mind what i thought the podcast should be versus what it it should have been were different and mm -hmm. um and a lot of that had to do with the fact that it's like okay like you need to understand what your what people want and and sort of tailor it to what it is you know what is your podcast is are you interviewing this person and getting their ideas or are you trying to make this about you and once you kind of realize that it's about the community it's about the guests and whatever you kind of give them a little bit now obviously i'm gonna you know, sprinkle some of my personality in there. Like I can't not do of that. Of course, much but like the I used to tell you, there no, you're not tuning into Instant Speed because I want to watch Flake. You're tuning in because of the most new viewers are going to click on it because of the person that you have on it, and they're going to stay because they enjoyed the interview you gave, and they're going to be interested in the next person you have on. And that didn't mean that isn't like nobody gives a shit about Flake. That just means like that's not the real reason that you're going to want to click on the show, right? It, it may for some sure, but it's not going to really be the main reason why people want to watch it. And uh, so that's like something to remember, too, if you want to do shows like this, like it has to be, if you're going to have guests, it's going to be about the guests. If, yeah. it, if it's like Arsenal Pass, where they don't really do a lot of guests, it's not really about uh, Hayden or Brendan either. Their show is about the metagame is about speaking about deck techs. And they, that's the focus. And so, you know, coming off of streaming, I think. And for you, this is why it was difficult at first. When you're streaming, you talk 
a lot and you have to fill the void by yourself. So there's constant speaking. You have to, you know, right? You're constantly filling that void. When you start doing a show where you have a guest on, you still feel that urge and need to have to fill space constantly. But when you have a guest, you don't do that. You just, you know, they're filling the space for you. So it's it's a hard thing to get used to, I think. It is. It's definitely a hard thing to get used to. And one of the people that I've come to greatly admire in this space and of this craft, frankly, and, and this is somebody whom I've adored for like decades. It's Conan O'Brien. And and Conan, since he no longer has like his like Conan in the 90s and early 2000s was untouchable in mm-hmm. terms of the kind of comedy and 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 what he did. But his comedy was great. He was the star of the show until the guest came out. But what he has immensely refined himself as over time is a master interviewer who makes the guest feel so comfortable, but also gives as much like the guest is still the star. But the way that he injects himself into the conversations is not overbearing. It all it does is support, guide and improve the the what the message is that the guest is is putting on there. Like yeah. he is, in my opinion, somebody who I, I aspire to be like one day is to have that kind of skill set and and seeing him from late night you know where he was bringing out the most ridiculous characters like fedex pope and the masturbating bear and (laughs) you know and like cyborg the jewish robot you know like (laughs) right right. like all the way to where it is now where he is interviewing like barack obama and all these people on his podcast which by the way it's called conan o'brien needs a friend i listen to it all the time yeah because it's 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 a masterclass of like how to be entertaining, how to be yourself, but also how to properly um, interview somebody insightfully, comedically, and you know, Absolutely. without being overbearing. So also, that's not, kind of our mind. If you want to do a podcast and you're not listening to other podcasts, I mean, like you, you have to in order to get a sense of like how to you know how to do it. But also, uh, and I've, this is gonna be like the fifth time I've referenced this, but I think also one of the greatest interview viewers is Hot Ones. Like if you watch Hot Ones. The way he interviews, the way he presents the questions, the way he gives the guests time to speak and everything is just very well timed. And I know a lot of that's editing, but it's presented in such a great way. And there are other episodes that he there are other shows that he does that are full like podcasts like this. And you could hear him speak in that way as well. It's very similar to what you're saying, how Conan does it. And I uh, that's a really like for me, he's up there as like one of the one of the great YouTube interviewers for sure. Asking good questions isn't easy. It's because, not. well, you've seen it. I've seen it. One of the most like painful things for me to witness is when somebody asks somebody, "How you feel? Uh, how do you feel? Yeah, like you just won this tournament. How do you feel? I, I feel like shit, Alex. Like, <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you meant but, to say there? And I get it. It's like you want to them to express their emotion at that point, but just saying, "How do you feel?" is like, you know, asking somebody who walks into a restaurant, "Are you hungry?" Yeah, 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 yeah. A pretty good, uh, yeah. That's a uh, good assumption there. That's also my my biggest pet peeve. So when I directing, uh, like we just did the Carl's World Champ- Cards World Championship and stuff, and that was one thing I kept telling uh, our hosts and stuff. I was like, do not ask the player how they feel after they won, because that is the most stupid question you could ever ask somebody. Instead, present it. Hey, you just you just won that you just won that game. That was a pretty tight game. What are your thoughts on how the final went? That's how you present a how do you feel question without asking them how they feel because they're not going to go, oh, I feel pretty good, and then it ends there. They're going to give you their thoughts on, on how they felt about that, how they, you know, oh, man, you know, I was really upset because this happened, this happened, and they're going to expand on it, right? Just from that simple phrasing alone, 
So like I'm right there with you. How do you feel is the most annoying? And I still see professional casters on TV do it sometimes. I'm just like, oh, it's such a crutch question because you didn't you weren't prepared. You didn't know where to go. So you immediately went to how do you feel? And then the other one I hate is how are you doing today? Why are we asking how people are doing? Who cares? Let's get into the topic of the conversation. <laughs> well, the way I kind of envision it is like you have a destination that you want your your interview or your your guest to get to. How they get there is not is not like you don't care. You don't care if they take the highway, the back roads, the helicopter or they or they, you know, yeah. a magic carpet. It doesn't matter. But they need to know the destination. If you if if the destination is like a foot in front of you, that's a that's a how do you feel question. You're like, I need you to go there. Well, they're like, okay, there's only one way to get there, and that's to take a step forward. Yeah. But if you're like, you know, okay, we need to get to the CN Tower downtown. Let's go to the CN Tower. Then they'll be like, oh, well, I, I take this way, I do this. There's so much more for them to get there, but the destination is the same. The outcome is the same, but you're giving them so much more, you know, uh so much more birth for them to 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 pivot to go yeah. to take the scenic route to not like some people don't want to answer questions uh a certain questions and some people want to really elaborate on more interesting questions and if you give them those margins to either keep an answer short and to the point or to expand and be flowery about it that's what's important and i and that's kind of what i've i've come to learn and that's what i'm still improving on um you know moving forward yeah it's always an, like it's always proven right it's, uh, you never it's never a thing you've truly, I, I guess the people we mentioned maybe truly mastered it, but like it's always uh, something to improve upon. And then um, also I always tell people if you don't, if you're not watching back your own content as well, just to take notes on how you did, like that's an important step as well. Like I watch back everything we produce and I take notes on, oh, I made it, we, we should change this next time. We should produce it next time. Or I take notes on how the interviews go or, you know, that's important. That's a, you got to, um, one of my favorite phrases that people use is you got to do the work, right? <laughs> you want to succeed in doing something, you got to put the work in to get there. You can't just throw something up and expect it to work and then get mad when it doesn't because, well, did you put the effort in? Did you put the work in? Did you try to improve? Did you, you no, nothing you put out is ever going to be perfect. So you have to like constantly make adjustments, even with our Goliath Conley, right? Like I think it went really well. It was super well received. I'm very happy with it. But there, are, I got a whole list of notes of things that we got to change for next time or improve upon. Um, and that's just, that's a part of growing as you, you know, do this kind of stuff. So very important, important things to keep in mind if, uh, if you're doing this kind of content. And we're going to keep doing the content into uh, 2023. It's going to be a great year ahead, Mark. Uh, lots to look forward to, like we mentioned. And yeah, that, that's kind of been our like year in year in review into, uh, uh the year looking ahead. Yeah. And I think. I mean, we're again, like I said, we're, we're recording this on the 21st of December. I think yep. we're, you and I are, are well deep into a nice deserved break. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. so I haven't taken a vacation all year. So yeah. I'm, so I'm take you just got off. married. So you got yeah. a whole lot of catching up to yes. do on a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Looks um, like I wore my lobster shirt for you today. Is it your I favorite? Know. This is my favorite shirt of yours. Is that I was like, I don't know if it fits anymore. But <laughs> doesn't matter. It has to bust it out. Yeah. No, it's it looks it looks. It, that is my favorite thing. We used to do yes. all kinds of like trivia and stuff, and you were always yep. like, in this like one, and said, also the pizza one, the melted pizza shirt I had. That was the other one. So you good. Liked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that 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 made a. Uh, I'm glad that that made an appearance. But all right. Well, there you have it. That's it. You know what's coming up. You've met Mark. And um, I think we'll uh, we'll 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 end this with a nice little montage of all the guests, 
all the guests that we've had in 2022. Does this sound oh, yeah. good? Sounds great. Right. Yeah, we've had so many great people. Let's take a look. Oh, we'll, we'll present it in the way that the Academy Awards does it when people have died. So this way, a, mem- a memoir of all the people. Oh, we've my seen God. Every- no, I'm just kidding. You- We're not going to present it like that. <laughs> That would, be, uh, I should, that would be so weird. <laughs> I, I should also uh, give big shout outs to uh, essentially all the um, all of our sponsors that are with us currently. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I want to give a big ups to the Realm Games. Uh, I want to give huge ups to, obviously, Kayfabe Cards, uh, to BCW Supplies, mm-hmm. and uh, to everyone else who has kind of contributed down the line, uh, perhaps in the future as well. Uh, there's going to be more. And uh, you'll see plenty other partnerships and, and wonderful things. Yeah, so B- BCW took a big chance uh, very early on with the show. So I, I especially appreciate them. And uh, if you've used the discount code that we always advertise, um, that's that helps us a lot. So uh, you can still use it. It's always there. It never, never expires. ISP 10. I am know I'm plugging right now. But like if you want to help support the show, I mean, you can't you can join our Patreon as well. But if you also want to support in other ways. You know, go get yourself something nice at BCW. They got so many great stuff for like all the, you know, co- card collecting you do. Not just even for like comic books and stuff. They have like dude, comic, comic books, man. Yeah. yeah, I keep mine in sleeves as well. So anytime I get a new comic book, you know, get get some more sleeves from BCW. And so you know, use that code, get yourself ten percent off, and that helps us. We get a kickback from there. So um, any every time you do that, and so many people used it this year, it was a surprising amount actually. And so I'm very, you know, thankful. Uh, thank you for uh, supporting them and supporting us and. Uh, it's a nice mutual benefit. Definitely. And hey, if you're in Toronto or you're not in Toronto, um, check out uh, Harry Tarantula as well. Uh, if you're in Toronto, use the code FLAKE5, get 5% off. Hey, there Why you not? go. Wow, so many plugs happening right now. <laughs> Why not? I know. That's not what we're getting at. But uh, Isn't that uh, uh, Drude, right? Isn't that Harry Tarantula? He's the, yeah, Dave yeah, Rude. Yeah. Dave Rude. Yeah, big, big yeah. Uh, former player. I say big former player. I mean, he calls himself like washed up and old. But it's Didn't what's he, funny like, about him. retire or something at the end of the year? He, he said he retired. Yeah. To a degree, I mean, he's kind of like the the team dad for a lot of other really good players, such as like Isaac. Oh, Cruz. Yeah, like he's Isaac's, these, yeah, yeah, he's Isaac's dad. adopted dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the team dad. He's just a yeah. good dude. Isaac, obviously, my uh, my apps, the bait of my competitive existence. This guy is just <laughs> like a wraith. Um, uh, the other last thing I want to mention, actually, is I turned my whole desk and computer around and now you see what's behind me. And yeah. I think I think this is much better. <laughs> I per, I moved into this Taco Bell from the nineties, so I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. You can uh, still get a chalupa for like seventy nine cents. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. You can kind of see the prices right right there, just slightly. It's just uh, unbelievable. <laughs> My first so Canada, uh, at least where I grew up in Montreal, we didn't have Taco Bell for ages, and the reasoning is hilarious because Quebec's meat standards were too high for Taco Bell, <laughs> so they yeah. never got there. There's uh, uh, I don't know if you ever watch Food Wars on YouTube. Um, uh, but they like, they will compare like, uh, McDonald's in the U S to McDonald's in the UK or something like that. And every time they go to the ingredients list, the U S is filled with a whole bunch of weird shit. And then they're always <laughs> like, they go to that and they're like, well, that's all, all illegal in Europe. So like, I remember the Domino's episode, they were like, uh, here's all the ingredients in the pizza dough in the U S Domino's. And it's all this like artificial nonsense. That's like, you're like, holy shit. And then they go to the UK and it's like water and dough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's probably a lot um, better for you. Like one of the most eye-opening things for me was I remember because I have family in Florida when I went to go visit them a long time ago was we did Taco Bell drive-thru on the way home from something and a car of like five people, we all got food and like the bill was like like eleven dollars. Oh, I was like nuts. 
Yeah. I'm like, how? How? I'm like, oh, those tacos, those soft shell tacos were like like 39 cents each. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, it's crazy. How man. is this? How is groceries better than this? And then I you learned about the dollar menu and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, that, that, yeah. this past year, uh, Nick Bolas taught me about the biggie bag at, at Wendy's. Oh, the biggie bag. Yeah, my mind. yeah, yeah. You blew never had my the, mind. You never tried that? You never got the biggie bag? I before? did. I did. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, we stopped off and did some biggie bag action when I was in New Jersey Heck for yeah. the battle hard in there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Beautiful. I, I mean, I don't really eat fast food as much. Uh, the older you get, the harder it is to fat, eat fast food. Yeah. But it's still like a go-to, like, uh, you know, hangover meal or, you know, a little bit drunk. Like, you go to Taco Bell and get, like, a ton of tacos for $11. Yeah. Crush it. Yeah. Uh, I might do that today. You got me. <laughs> I might ripped go. and having Taco Bell later. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, could possibly happen. All right. There you have it. All right. We, we, we've extended this way past uh, what it's supposed to be. But Mark, thank you so much for all the work you do for Flesh and Blood. And uh, to all the community and everybody else, thank you for, for watching us. Here is, I was going to say your moment of zen. That's another person I admire a lot is uh, <laughs> John Stewart. But here is little retrospect of all the guests we had on ISP. We'll see you next year. Well, I work, I work Just say-